IEPs, so 504s, FIEs, EIEIOs. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff today, but we're going to focus on really the one big thing, which is an IEP. And if you don't know, you're going to know. Hey friends, this is the Finding Mikey podcast, our family's quest to prepare our son Mikey for life. I'm Mike, and from time to time, I'll be joined by my wife, Heather, or other family members and others for interviews and conversations. Now, while I may mention our son, you have a Mikey of your own, and together, we're on a journey to learn as much as we can so that we can understand how to best communicate and guide our kiddos into independent adulthood. Thanks for tuning in. Yes, today is going to be about IEPs, and IEP stands for Individualized Educational Plan. Isn't that right? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. And the focus really is on individual. That's very customized. But before we get things started, I just want to let you guys know that you can give us a call anytime to ask questions, to suggest stuff, to let us know if our hair was out of place, to let Heather know that her hair looks beautiful, to ask what's going on in the background. That's the dog. That's a bonsai Lego kit. Anyway, the phone number is 469-249-0425. That's 469-249-0425. I would like to say that it is toll free because I don't think there's any tolls anymore. I don't think there's long distance any longer. So, Good point. So yeah, that's it. So 469-249-0425. You can find that information in our show notes and we would love to hear from you. We really, really would love to hear from you. So yeah, let's get this going. An IEP has made a really big difference in our life and I didn't know what an IEP was. So if you're in the audience, raise your hand if you know what an IEP is, right? I'm willing <laughs> to bet that there's some of you that don't even know what what that is. So why don't you, why don't you tell us a little bit about this, go through our story okay. a little bit and I just want to give you a little bit of a spoiler. It's been worth it and it's been really good. Okay, so a lot to fill you in on. Just going to do a little bit of catch up on on Mikey's diagnosis. He has high functioning autism and ADHD. And when we did a little bit of moving from Texas to Virginia and back to Texas, when Mikey was in kindergarten through second grade. So I'm going to make this long story short. In kindergarten is when we found out that Mikey had autism. And he did not transition well from preschool where they were very attentive to him. He got a lot of, you know, breaks to play with toys and things like that. The transition from a preschool classroom to a kindergarten classroom with desks and books and no toys everywhere was a very difficult adjustment for him. So he was eloping. And the school that we originally enrolled him in was just not managing not managing it well. And Mike and I didn't feel comfortable with how things were going. So we decided to enroll him in a private school that took insurance and it was an ABA therapy school. So the primary goal was for him to get ABA therapy. And at that school, they focused on behaviors, emotional regulation, how to teach him to be a good, you know, classroom citizen. And all of that was working out great. And we were loving that school and nothing is perfect, but it was working out great for him. But then my husband got a job transfer to Virginia and it was a great opportunity for our family. So we actually weighed Mikey's education as one of the contingencies of whether we should make this move or not. And we decided to go ahead and make the move. So we moved from Texas to Virginia at the end of kindergarten. There was only six weeks left of the kindergarten year. And I was contemplating homeschooling him, but then I was like, no, you know what? I really want him to have 
a good IEP in place for him to start first grade. And in order to do that, I have to take him to an elementary school campus, a public school one, and we couldn't find like a private ABA type situation that we had here in Texas. So I was like, okay, we're going to go back to public school. Now, at least I know what to expect. I know what some of the behaviors are that we need to look out for. So before enrolling with them, I met with the assistant principal and over email, because when we moved there, it was spring break, TMI. Uh, so anyway, so the, the assistant principal and I had a lot of conversations going back and forth that I was concerned for Mikey's safety because I didn't want him eloping from the classroom. And we're coming into your state. Our, my son has a recent diagnosis of autism. I don't have an IEP in place. But in order to bring my son to your school and for him to be safe, he's got to have accommodations right away, even though he doesn't have an IEP. And... Believe it or not, that's really hard to get is accommodations when you don't have an IEP already in place. However, after bringing him to the school and them observing him for a couple of days, they did find that it was important to go ahead and use one of their paraprofessionals to actually sit near Mikey to make sure like help him with emotional regulation, help him stay in the classroom. And can I chime in on something? Yeah. Yeah. So I want to point out that, that the state mattered, right? The states where we were mattered. Out here in Texas, they just didn't seem to have the same level of preparation as they did in Virginia. Um, or maybe it was just that school. They weren't, they, either every way. time he ran out of the classroom, they just chased after him and then put him in a, put, <laughs> him, put, in him, in a, a room. put him in a room to calm down until he was ready to go back to class. Sure. But, but then to, to contrast expecting that. a child that doesn't have coping skills to just calm down, not really knowing. Yeah. But, but then when they knew they still didn't respond any differently. So, when we, but when we went to Virginia and this is why I'm saying it, if you're in Iowa or North Dakota or Florida or South Carolina or California, mm-hmm. Texas or Virginia, it doesn't like whatever state you're in, I'm not going to name them all, but let's go ahead. New Hampshire, <laughs> Alabama, no, I'm Stop. but the state mattered and maybe the school individually mattered, but our, our experience started off very, very well in Virginia because mm-hmm. they, they hired someone to be with him after only seeing him for a few days. Really. Right. And instead of, yeah, with the other school, it was a, a good month that we gave it a shot before no, we pulled it was, him out. It was two weeks, but no, oh, whatever. It was two weeks. <laughs> we're, getting, we're, anyway. we're getting on a tangent here. Yeah. It happens. Point is, is that your, the, that your mileage will vary, right? So yeah. if you happen to be in the district and the school that we were at back in Virginia, they they were prepped, they were ready to go. And it was mm-hmm. a, it was a really smooth experience. Right. And so when I shared with her, my thoughts, again, this is with the assistant principal, when I shared with her, my thoughts about getting him an IEP, So that way he is in the right environment for first grade and he has the right accommodations. She totally agreed with me and getting an IEP at the end of the school year is very difficult because there's a whole bunch of timelines that they need to follow. There's an evaluation that they need to do of your child to see what accommodations they need, what goals should be on the IEP. But like I said, they were awesome. I think they pulled off his IEP in six weeks. So that way we would have a, IEP going into first grade. So yeah, that was, that's pretty much it. I was trying to make it short, but no, that's kind of hard. That's really good. So we'll, we'll pause kind of there and then we'll, we'll pick up like the results really toward the end, but others put together a really, really great outline of, of the things that you should consider along the way, you know, for this, for this process, because it is a process. So, Mm -hmm. you know, really let's, let's recap so far, right. Is the goal is to get accommodations, things like 
when tests are going, are the questions, you know, the questions can be read to the student or a separate room or a separate environment or breaks even during a test, like that kind of a thing, uh, all the way to, you know, when they take lunch or just accommodations, right? Do they get a therapist that helps them with reading or with speech, those kinds of things. The path to those accommodations is through an IEP and the IEP process is, is a process. So mm-hmm. your mileage will vary. Uh, it's very customized to your child and it's very customized to what you want as goals. And with that, I'm going to hush and let the, let the pro go. Oh, stop. Okay. So like I said, we moved over to Virginia on spring break. So while the kids were on spring break, I went ahead and went on the website for the school district that we were in, in Virginia. And that's where I got a lot of my information from most, I'm going to say all, what district websites have a link for special education. And within that link, they're going to have all kinds of information about if you feel like your child might need special education, or if, you're, if your child is already in special education, here are some resources for you. If you think that your child might need a 504, which is something we'll go over, you know, in a different podcast, but it's just something that's, you know, similar to an IEP where your child needs accommodations. You know, you can get information on that. There's staff members that you can talk to, but it really, you know, it outlines the process that you need to go through to get an, an individual education plan started for your child. So I went ahead and did research on that. And then once they got back from break, um, I gave them a call to get more of my questions answered. And, you know, it really just gave me, you know, like a starting point. So that way, when I started talking to the assistant principal, you know, she knew that, you know, I knew what I was talking about. I wanted to sell, I wanted to sound educated and that I had done done my research and things like that. And so that way I didn't feel like I was asking for something that was super extreme or anything like that. So IEPs are a, a thing that sometimes don't go well. And sometimes they do and your, your, your kids get great services, but sometimes they don't. And it's a very emotional process because you're trying to, you know, get the best environment for your child to be successful at school. And a lot of lawsuits come out of the IEP process. It could be anywhere from, you know, missed deadlines, your child's not getting the services they need because things are taking forever or you finally get the services and then the services are not being delivered properly. And so it's very important to document everything, to get everything in writing. And, you know, if you're having a conversation with someone like an assistant principal, like they stop emailing you and they decide to call you because that happens a lot. They don't want emails to get too lengthy or anything like that. Go ahead and talk to them and take notes, but then also, you know, always go ahead and recap that conversation that you had with them. Make sure you understood things correctly, put it in an email and send it to the administrator and, you know, the teacher or the, you know, whoever you spoke to with the district, always see seeing the appropriate administrator. In this situation, the appropriate administrator was our vice principal, but sometimes principals or superintendents like to be involved as well. In getting the IEP process started, it can be requested by a te- it could be requested by a parent, whether you have a diagnosis or you don't have a diagnosis. I, I thought that was pretty awesome. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that either. And I think that if we had any advice to give to you guys is that start this without a diagnosis because it's going to take some time. And it almost doesn't matter that you have a diagnosis, right? You could come in and say, Hey, I have, my child has these conditions here. It's not like cookie cutter and like, okay, well, we're immediately going to start them on these services. 
They're not. They're going to go through this process here and tailor it to your child's needs. And the goals are going to be different too. So, but the point is it doesn't cost you anything Mm -hmm. and they're going to need to do this stuff anyway. Right. Right. And I actually thought that it would have helped the process because I walked in with a diagnosis from a developmental pediatrician. My son has autism. Let's get him the services he needs and let's go. But it's it's not how it works. They have to do a what's called a full and individual evaluation. <laughs> FIE. <laughs> uh, otherwise known as an FIE. But I'll try to every once in a while say full and individual e- evaluation so that you learn what these acronyms are. That's FIE. Yeah. There's a FO and a FOM, I think, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. A FEE? But see, this evaluation is one of the areas where the... It's the timelines are very important because in Virginia, I think the timeline for this was 45 days. And like I said, they were able to get it done for us in six weeks, but it's really important to keep, to keep time out. Hold on. (laughs) 45 days. Yeah. Isn't that six weeks? Well, yeah, but I mean, I guess I just didn't really (laughs) think about it. Yeah. So they got it. They they followed the timeline <laughs> okay, almost yeah. to a T. That was okay. good. Sorry. It just occurred to me. Right. But this is one of the areas where things can really <laughs> lag at schools. And I always like to say that that our teachers and our administrators and our SPED, our SPED department, like they, they have the best interest in our kids. Like they went into the teaching profession because they really want to help our children learn and exceed and grow as, you know, as people. However, not all of them know exactly what they need to know when it comes to giving your child their services. Sometimes they don't know about the timelines. Well, maybe a better way to, to say that is they they know like how to match need with services or need with accommodation. It's just that they're juggling a lot. If you think we're juggling a lot with a few kids, like they're juggling more mm-hmm. and, and they have a mission each day, right? Is to inject intelligence or inject learning into our kids, right? Mm-hmm. So I think point is, is that it goes better when we team with them. Correct. Right. And going back to what I said earlier about putting everything in writing, whenever you're emailing the teacher or the SPED department or a specialist that they're working with, I always recommend CCing the appropriate administrator on every email. And one of the reasons is because if something goes wrong or there's a concern, it gives the administrator an opportunity to coach the teacher, the therapist, the, you know, the SPED department so that your child can get the services that they need. And also too, it helps keep your relationship with the teacher better because a lot of times what will happen, and you know, a lot of my friends have told me this, is that if you only CC the administrator when there's an escalation, when there's a problem with your child, then you know it's almost like the relationship with you have with with your teacher is like, hey, I'm CCing your boss because like mm-hmm. I'm not happy. And it, it sometimes it gets the, in the, in the way. And if my child's going to be with that teacher or one or two years, or I'm going to be volunteering on the campus a lot, I want to have a good relationship with the teacher. I've got multiple children at the school. Right. You might have one of my other kids in the future. And I just want to have a good working relationship with them. But at the same time, I want to advocate for my child professionally. Yep. And so I would rather let the administrator always know like what's going on with with the child, even if I'm just giving the, the you know the the teacher positive feedback. I'm just always going to keep the ad- administrator copied on everything, and I I recommend that to you as well. And I have to stress this again that unfortunately sometimes things don't go well, and you do have documentation for a case, yeah. and you will get your child the services that they need that the school district's mm-hmm. going to pay for. Because you have a good paper trail for the attorney to work with. 
Yeah, I think in the corporate like sense, if you if you come from the corporate world or you're in there right now too, there's you know a few sayings that you can apply to these, but really it's to just build your team, mm-hmm. right? And keep them all informed and they don't necessarily need to act, but it's best to have them in the thread so that you don't have to catch them up on much. Mm-hmm. You know, they can just look at the last email and sort of see where things are. You know, it is a great place to, you know, give someone a shout out and give them some praise, mm-hmm. but it is definitely a quick avenue to escalation if need be too. So I, I agree, but document, right. document everything, right? right? She did. How do you think we got material to, <laughs> to share with you guys? Right. But yeah, for real document it. Yes. Okay. And the, the full and individual evaluation, Just call it a FI. the FIE, all right, FIE, okay. Is also the process where all of the specialists get involved and they evaluate your child and you really learn a lot about your child they they'll there'll be an academic evaluation, a social and emotional development, you know, evaluation, speech, OT needs, fine and gross motor skills, any behavior plans that might, be, might need to be in place. This evaluation is basically the nuts and the bolts of the IEP. It helps them come up with the with IEP goals for your child. This is what makes it customized for your child. Right. And one of the things that I wanted to throw out there and I wanted to encourage you as parents is that there are certain things that go on at home that your child is struggling with. And you know your child, you know their strengths, you know their weaknesses. And yes, you're going to learn a lot more about them when you get this, the results of this FIE report. But I would recommend writing your own goals for your child. It could be something that you're struggling with at home that they could get services for at school that will help them, you know, with their development. If you write down those goals and you bring those goals with you into the IEP meeting, you can share those with the IEP team and they can let you know, like, like, yes, this is something that we can help him with or her with. And this is how we can write it into a goal so that it's measurable because it needs to be measurable so that, you know, it can be reviewed and changed and, and we can do praise that, you know, that, you know, they're succeeding in this area. Well, the, the, the goal for them as well, them being the teachers and the administrators is to, to progress your child into the least restrictive learning environment, Mm -hmm. right? So, you know, in our case, it was a, an enclosed classroom, right? um, but then the, the opposite of that is full inclusion, right? So Mm -hmm. their goal is to step you into full inclusion wherever possible. So, you know, being able to, uh, to do that is really kind of the, the end goal of these goals. Do you remember one of the like home goals that we had included that applied we're going to see, see how good she is at improv, no, right? No, because- no, this is great. This is great because we did a podcast about this a couple of weeks ago mm. and it was about wanting to be first in line yep. or about winning or losing at a game. Yep. And that, you know, we're like, Hey, get some peers with them, you know, have them play Uno together in a social skills group at school, encourage him, you know, how to say good job if he loses and how to not lose his temper if he, if he does lose. So, yeah, so that was a part of the behavioral yeah. stuff that was And they're like, too. oh yeah, we can add that to his social skills goal, you know, mm-hmm. turn taking, not mm-hmm. always needing to be first and right. learning how to lose well. <laughs> <laughs> right. I think that's what it was. So, <laughs> yeah. So. And, so well, actually, let me, let me just pause there and just think about it all of the different things that were identified for Mikey and all of the things that will be identified for your kiddos are going to map directly to them. Just like our son's autism isn't the same as your kid's diagnosis either. Right. right. The mere fact that it's a spectrum where we're getting the help from, you know, these public educators to, to support their spectrum of needs. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really a, 
That's my commentary. That's awesome. <laughs> okay. So the other thing I wanted to go into, and this is in prep, you know, in preparing for your IEP meeting is that there are advocates out there and advocates can find information about them again on your school district's website. But what I thought was really interesting is that you can, you can talk to the advocate about your child. You can get, you know, advice from them on, you know, how the IEP process works in your district. And if you feel like you want to have a coach with you at the IEP meeting, you want like a little bit of extra support, you know, maybe this isn't your first go around and things haven't gone well with you at IEP meetings in the past. And so you'd want to have a coach there with you. You can actually hire an advocate to go to an IEP meeting with you. There is a fee for that, but the fee is, might not be that significant for the value that you're going to get from it. Because a lot of these advocates, they are very knowledgeable about your school district. They've probably even set in on other IEP meetings at the school that you're at. They're familiar with, with the drafts and the goals for, you know, for various diagnoses and challenges. And they can even help you review the draft of the FIE and the IEP that you should get well in advance of your IEP meeting. So you have time to review it. Jot that down. Jot that down. Because <laughs> if you get the draft 40 minutes before the meeting, that's not a good, that's not good. Just reschedule the meeting. <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly. Yes. Because it's a length, it's a lengthy document. It's a lot to take in and you know, you want to make sure that you have a time to digest it and think about it, share it with people, share it with an advocate. You maybe even have a friend review it. If you know a friend that has a child with an IEP, even if they don't even have the same diagnosis, it's just having another set of eyes on it to give you that, that confidence for when you go into the IEP meeting, right. which we're about to get to. That we are. So right now <laughs> we've built up to all of this to where, you know, you've had, you've kind of gone through learning about who to contact. You've gone through starting this process. You've requested it or a teacher has requested it. You've mm-hmm. included really some of your goals. You may or may not have included an advocate and now's the day, right? A couple months later, maybe a month mm-hmm. and a half later. 45 days or six weeks, right? Later. <laughs> <laughs> or depending on your state, if it, if it's different. Might be longer, might be shorter. But the point is, is now you're sitting down for this IEP meeting and uh, she's, you know, Heather's got some really interesting, I didn't even think about the first little bullet that she put down here. So go okay. ahead. <laughs> so the first bullet point is even if you're, <laughs> no matter what time a day your IEP meeting is, eat something before you go. So that you have a something snack to throw up. Or, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and bring water, a water bottle or something with you. I say this because they will slot you for an hour of time, but most IEP meetings go way longer. I think our first IEP meeting was two and a half hours. Yep. And I know friends and I've sat in on other IEP meetings that were longer than that. Right. So I just encourage you to eat something because you don't want to get low blood sugar. You don't want to yeah. be distracted, hangry, anything that's going to distract you from the purpose of why you're there. And, you know, getting the best services, you know, for your child. So eat something before you go. Good call. The other thing, which I'm not a confrontational person, so I had a hard time asking for this. And I I just want to share that with you in case you're nervous. You can do this or you can not do this, but I would recommend, I recommend you do it. that you ask for the meeting to be recorded. And from what I've heard, they can't say no, but you do need to ask permission. And once again, this is me, like I look at life with rose colored glasses. I'm an optimist. Things went well for our IEP meeting. I was very happy with it. However, I've heard a lot of horror stories and a lot of promises made and things that don't happen, whatever. Just get it recorded because the more documentation you have, 
the better you can advocate for your child, if need be, down the line. Right. Let's see here. Okay. So really, that's that's kind of those are kind of the key things here that that you need to be aware of, right? Yeah, I yeah. I mean, that. I do have a couple uh, more bullet. No, no, no. Points, I know so. you do, okay. but it's really more around like our experience at this point, right? Yeah, yes, yeah. So that was I wanted to talk about that, <laughs> and then also to the you know just enjoying. You know, when you're in the IEP meeting, you're sitting there at a round table with speech therapists and occupational therapists and teachers and, you know, behaviorists. And it's so enlightening to hear from people like what their, you know, what their findings are of, you know, evaluating your child. And they do what most educators do. They throw in a lot of positive and then they throw in the challenges. And just as a parent, like it was, it was really nice to hear that. It was emotional and it was just nice to hear that. It was was nice to chime in. I think it was emotional on both sides. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, so they were noticing things about him that we didn't think were occurring Mm -hmm. in classroom time. Right. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, just like some things that stood out were like incredibly big hearted. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, like stand up for people loves to like, like abide by the rules and make sure other people do, but that's like simultaneously okay, negative. So one and of then the we would things, get into some of the other things where yes. it's like, oh, he needs help with this. And we're like, dang it. Yeah. Dude. So one you of know? the things with Mikey is that we would always say that he's never met a stranger. Right. And that's actually one of his social skills goals because it's not safe to be overly friendly with strangers, but he just has this personality that is full of joy and he wakes up every day with a smile on his face. So the assistant principal actually said during the IEP meeting that if she's in a bad mood, she goes and pulls Mikey out of class and walks around with him because he puts her in a better mood. And then she takes him back to class. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? And then sometimes they have this like where they will deliver, you know, coffee and donuts to the teachers when they push a little cart. And sometimes they'll go grab Mikey out of class and have him push the cart and smile at everybody and just talk. And yep. so it's basically using his no filter. I can talk to anybody <laughs> and make anybody smile and using it as a strength. For real. Instead well, of something we feel like we always need to rein in and calm down and, you know. Correct. You don't know that person. Don't be so affectionate. <laughs> right, right. Don't kiss the stranger <laughs> on the neck, weirdo. <laughs> True quote, like real quote there. But but the results that came out of ours and like the goals, like immediately there were some changes, right? So Yeah. So basically, you know, at the end of Mikey's IEP, uh, at the end of his meeting, we all decided that the best environment for Mikey for first grade would be a self-contained autism classroom. And even though the goals of most IEPs is like Mike said earlier, is for a child to be in the least restrictive environment. Mikey had a lot of behaviors where he needed to be in an, in an environment where he didn't have so much outside distraction and that he had a lot of sensory tools because he needed a lot of frequent breaks for emotional regulation and academic focus. And so even though as a parent, I was like, okay, well, he's not going to be in like the big classroom. I don't know if I'm okay with this or not, but I was like, you know what? It's first grade. Like, let's get the behaviors under control. He's still going to be learning his academics. And, you know, little by little, he'll go into the general education classroom setting with an aid. Right. And then in the future, as his, you know, as he does better, his IEP will be amended. It's a fluid document. And he'll go in to have more minutes in the gen ed setting, maybe without an aid. And it's just, it was just a starting point for us. And I was okay with it. Well, I was, I was okay with it too. And there was a quote that came to mind, at least for me was this was like, look, we don't necessarily envision our son being like isolated. Right. And the truth is, is there were what, three teachers and eight kids? A, a teacher, kids? two paraprofessionals and eight kids. And eight kids. Right. Yeah, so, so the ratio was great. But like amazing. in my head, it was just like, okay, well, we've got to practice some of these things and uh, the, the 
the quote that came to mind was a, it was a Bruce Lee quote. It was <laughs> that he doesn't, I'm like, Bruce Lee said, you know, I don't fear a man who knows 10,000 techniques. I fear a man that knows one technique that he's practiced 10,000 times. Oh, okay. So, you know, he, Mikey was building up this base, like calluses, right? And, and in a good way of how to behave and how to interact and how to start to focus and things like that to where they could just incrementally introduce new stimulus to him mm-hmm. that would typically distract him and they would kind of push it to the edge until he would be distracted and then bring it back. So they did an awesome job like reintegrating him as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So one thing I wanted to just end with, and then he'll do a little recap is that Mike and I were happy with ho- how the goals were established for Mikey. We were happy with the IEP. We were happy with the draft and the evaluation So we decided to go ahead that day and sign the document. With that being said, if you're hesitant, if you're, there's a portion of the IEP that, that you've all agreed at the meeting, it needs to be reworked or maybe another evaluator needs to be brought in or something like that. You don't have to sign the IEP at that meeting. Even if you just want to think about it for a week, go ahead. It doesn't have to be signed at that meeting. It's. It's not a requirement. It's true. I manage, I manage people uh, mm-hmm. in the corporate sense and I've, I've coached them on like, you know, certain decisions in their life. And I'm like, look, it's either the hell yeah, or it's no. Right. Mm-hmm. So you've, you've got to, I would say that if you don't feel like the hell yeah, that's exactly what we want. That is everything. Even then a little bit more, I'd say sleep on it. Right. I think mm-hmm. that's what, uh, what would be pretty good. Right. That was awesome. High five. <laughs> that was really, really good. We've Thanks. jammed a lot in here. So take a look at the show notes here because the, my my recap here isn't going to be enough audioly. So you can take a look at the show notes at findingmikeypodcast.com. And really to recap here is, is reach out to the special education uh, team through your school or school districts, mm-hmm. special education link. Start the process even without an official diagnosis because this is going to take time and it's going to be needed regardless, mm-hmm. right? Your goal is to get accommodations for your kiddo, but the path to that is this IEP, right? Mm -hmm. As a side note here, right? Maybe engage with an advocate. They could be incredibly helpful if you're on your own or if you feel like you're on on your own or if you just want this to go a bit smoother, go ahead and get a hold of an advocate. And again, you should be able to find those through your school district or your school. And then lastly, you know, just... At the day of the IEP, make sure you've had a chance to take a look at the draft beforehand or reschedule it, and you don't have to feel pressured to sign it that day. If it's not, hell yeah, sleep on it, and then you know have another meeting about it. It's going to be fine. They took six weeks to get to this point. What's another couple days, mm-hmm. right? True. So that's that. And again, guys, I really... I'm, I'm being very emphatic here. I don't want to sound like I'm begging, but please call us. Please give us a phone call. No, give us a call. Let <laughs> us know how you're doing. Let us know, you know, if there's anything you'd like for us to talk about, if you have any questions at all. As a matter of fact, I'm going to offer up my wife here to help you out. If you've got an IEP or you want to get just a little bit more information, um, of course, it was, you know, it's all confidential between, you know, you and her, but she's got a heart to, to give and to help. Mm-hmm you here as well. So if you would like to chat with her, email her Heather at findingmikeypodcast.com or give us a call and leave us a message at 469-249-0425. But either way, we'd love to talk to you. And also we'd love for you guys to get the accommodations that you feel your kiddo needs. So that's all we got for today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for putting up with the dog noises in the background. We are experimenting a little bit with putting these podcasts up on video. So if you want to see what we look like, <laughs> you want to see the dogs <laughs> rolling around in the background and the Lego bonsai that I was pointing to, 
Check us out at Finding Mikey Podcast on YouTube as well. Just search for that. Anything you'd like to add before we say goodbye? Nope, that was it. Well, we appreciate you guys very, very much. Have a great day and we'll talk to y'all soon. Bye.